You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly Market Talk podcast. Today is Tuesday the 13th of October. I'm Stuart Banks from AIB Treasury and as usual I'm joined today by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist to discuss the latest market developments. Oli, COVID cases are rising rapidly across Europe especially. Brexit trade talks remain uncertain and there's political instability in the US regarding stimulus packages and the upcoming presidential election. But in the midst of all this, financial markets remain pretty calm. Why is this the case? Yeah, you're certainly right. Markets had a bit of a wobble in September, but we've seen a strong recovery by stock markets over the last couple of weeks. Good gains all around. We have seen what we call yield spreads and bond markets tighten in. So, for example, falling Italian bond yields moving closer down to German levels. That's a sign of, I suppose, confidence in markets. We saw recovery in oil prices and also the forex markets. The dollar and sterling had a bit of a wobble in September. The main FX pairs have moved into much narrower trading ranges and settled down in the first two weeks in October. And that is against a fairly challenging background, as you say, particularly the rise in the number of new COVID cases, restrictions being reimposed in a number of countries, talks of possible lockdowns, etc., all of which would generally be bad news for uh, economic activity and markets. But markets have performed well over the last couple of weeks, have taken this bad news in their stride. I think they may be taking a long view here in the sense that central banks have continued to indicate that they will provide whatever support is necessary to help economies and that these very accommodative monetary policies will remain in place for a long period of time and that there won't be withdrawing support when we start to see a sustained upturn in activity. And governments also are expected to continue to support economies. Additional measures have been put in place in the UK. We have our own budget to here today. And talks are ongoing for fiscal stimulus in the, uh, an extension of the fiscal stimulus in the US. Now, those talks in the US have been bogged down ahead of the election. But I think there's a general expectation that at some stage we'll see further fiscal support for the US economy. And that remains, I think, a key factor in all economies, ongoing government support for the sectors that are most impacted by the lockdowns and restrictions associated with the COVID-19 virus and continuing ongoing support from central banks as well. So progress has also been made in terms of developing a vaccine. And I mean, looking to next year, the expectation is we will see a vaccine developed. Now, maybe the second half of next year before it becomes widely available. But we saw over the summer a very strong rebound in economic activity in a lot of economies once the restrictions were lifted. Okay, it's lost some momentum in recent times. But I think the expectation is that if we do get a vaccine, we have very supportive monitoring fiscal policies in place. There's been a very substantial build-up as well in private sector savings. And as some says, that will be released back into economies. So I think the expectation is we may have to wait some time but the markets are taking the view here that we will get a strong rebound in growth on a sustained basis and not just lasting one quarter, maybe commencing over the course of 2021 and into 2022. So take a long view here, which the markets seem to be doing, is that activity will bounce back eventually. And what we saw over the summer was encouraging in that regard that when there was a window there, we saw economies rebound, and not all sectors. But you know, if we can't get on top of this virus, if we can get a vaccine, 
that become available next year, well, then you have the basis for a strong, robust and sustained recovery in economic activity. So to some extent, you could say that the markets are taking the long view here. Okay. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot of liquidity floating around the place. There's a lot of money been put in, injected into the financial markets by quantitative central banks. We have very high levels of savings that will be flown into investment funds. So there's considerable liquidity available in markets, which may be also the case that is maintained at these certain levels and is underpinning markets, particularly in October, despite the reemergence of the virus, signs of weakening activity, etc., that the liquidity is there and the markets are taking the long view that at some stage we will get a strong rebound in activity in that round. Ollie, you referenced the recovery and general economic data for the third quarter came in ahead of expectations, but there are signs that that recovery is losing momentum. Can you expand here a little bit? Yeah, well, first of all, in regards to the third quarter, and we can even go back into June, the data over the third quarter, let's say over the summer, came in well ahead of expectations. And we're looking at things like a strong recovery retail sales, a rebound of the housing market, pick up construction activity, manufacturing, etc. So we will get good GDP figures for third quarter. Now, more recently, though, the re-emergence of a second wave of the virus, effectively restrictions being reimposed in terms of activity, particularly in Europe. There are signs that that recovery is beginning to lose momentum. So we had the job support in the States for September, where there was a marked slowing in the pace of recovery in the jobs market. I might have said this before in podcasts, it's useful to bear in mind that 22 million jobs were lost in the US during the lockdown, during the recession. And even with a strong recovery over the last three or four months, only half of those jobs have been recovered. We're still 11 million jobs shy of where we were at the start of the year in the US. We saw in the UK as well, the recovery there is the momentum. GDP data for always disappointed the downside. And there as well, I mean, the level of GDP or the level of output is still 9% below the levels the UK was operating at pre-COVID. We're also seeing survey data weakened, particularly on the services sector, PMI data for services weakened in September, because the re-emergence of the virus and the re-imposition of restrictions on activity, that primarily is impacting the services sector of economies, and particularly ongoing very difficult business conditions in the hospitality sector, the bars, the restaurants, the hotels, and travel and tourism. So they're reporting very, very weak data. So there was a pickup over the summer as restrictions were lifted, and they're at the front line in terms of bearing the impact on activity. These restrictions are reimposed. So there certainly has been a loss of momentum, and I think given the level the high levels we're at in case now, both in Europe and in the States, the expectation, we may not go back into recession, but the recovery could stall and we get hardly any growth at all in the fourth quarter. So a bounce back in quarter three, but that momentum being lost. But I'd say markets are looking through that and into next year and they're expecting ongoing fiscal support, ongoing monetary support and you know positive news in regard to the development of the vaccine. And if that becomes available next year, the expectation of markets is that, yes, we get a bounce back in activity, but this time it'll be sustained. Okay. And Ollie, you mentioned earlier about today being budget day in Ireland. What are we likely to see today? Well, in terms of this is the budget for 2021, what we saw, what we've seen, sorry, in 2020 is a massive increase in government spending to support the economy. Now, it's focused on be it income supports for those who lost their jobs, supports for businesses that have been badly impacted, and obviously increased spending on health, etc. And the level of government spending this year is of the order of 80 billion, and that is up 67.5 billion last year. So that just gives you an indication of the extent of the increase in government spending. I think what the government is going to do is maintain those high levels of expense 
2021. So continue to support the economy and continue to provide additional resources for health spending in particular. Now, the budget is going to be based on two key assumptions. So the forecasts are downbeat or cautious, depending on our view. First of all, the budget is being based on a view or an assumption that we won't get an EU-UK trade deal agreed and that we'll be moving to effectively a hard Brexit from the 1st of January. So a completely different change relationship with the UK, involving tariffs, quotas, very disruptive trade, very negative for the economy. And secondly, they are adopting a cautious report that a vaccine will not become available next year. So as a result, underpinning the budget arithmetic is, is very cautious growth forecasts. And obviously a budget being framed around well in those sort of circumstances, we have to try and future-proof the economy as much as possible against those two shocks, which is an ongoing COVID crisis and, a, and maybe a possibly a hard Brexit on top of that. So the budget is going to be very much focused on putting funds in place to help business, help the economy, help the health service deal with those two particular issues, which is an ongoing high levels of new cases of COVID-19 and possibly the shock that we dealt to the economy if we had a hard Brexit as well. So you can expect to see funds in place, additional spending provided, future-proofing the economy for continuing to deal with the fallout from COVID-19 and possibly a hard Brexit. Now, it may well be that these forecasts prove to our assumptions are, are too cautious and the outturn next year will be much better. But the government will certainly, it's already indicated, it'll be taking a cautious approach next year and having its funds in place if they're required to help the economy work through these two particular issues. And finally, for this week, Ali, the EU heads of state summit is taking place later this week. Are any major developments expected? Possibly. We were mentioning Brexit there and the possibility of a hard Brexit or maybe, on the other hand, getting a trade deal. We might get some clarity on this. Now, I'd be surprised. Sterling has been very stable and there seems to be progress being made in the talks, but it hasn't, when I say stable, stable at low levels, Sterling hasn't really made progress or appreciated on the back of what sounds to be more positive sounders coming out of the trade talks. The key development would be if the UK and the EU were to enter what's called the tunnel in terms of that intensive phase of the final part of the trade discussions to work out the actual details. If they move to that phase, it would be a strong indication that a deal is likely to be on the cards. Now, obviously the UK side is pressing for intensive negotiations and wants to conclude a trade deal as quickly as possible. The EU has been more cautious, but that would be consider i expect by the eu heads of state at their summit on thursday and friday and if the signal that they're prepared to enter into those detailed discussions with the uk the so-called tunnel phase of that they were close at hand that would be a very positive signal that a trade deal was likely the uk has indicated that it wants some clarity by this by the time of the summit which is thursday or friday in regards to trade talks it was hoping to have a deal in place by then that's not going to happen but i think the uk would be looking for some signal from the EU side in terms of has sufficient progress been made here to allow us to enter the final stages and detailed stages of the trade negotiations or not. So it could be a very important event. Again, as ever with Brexit frustrating, it's a two-edged sword. If there's progress made and we enter the so-called tunnel in the second half of October, that would be positive news for Sterling. If we don't see progress in that front, it really is going to be very difficult to achieve a trade deal here. And we could be heading for no trade deal and a hard Brexit from the start of 2021. So that summit is important. There may well be news out of that that could move Sterling one way or the other. Ollie, thanks as always for your insights. COVID continues to dominate both conversation and markets. And for AAB customers impacted by COVID, details of support packages can be found at aab.ie forward slash COVID. 
Finally, thank you to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date with the markets, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.